Welcome to the latest in our Aberdeen Standard Investments Closed-End Fund podcast series, where we catch up with our closed-end portfolio managers and gain some perspective on these complex market conditions. Today, we are focusing on Indian equities, the manager of the India Fund, ticker IFN, James Tom. Welcome, James. Thanks, Dan. Good to be uh, with you. And Happy New Year. Um, you're coming to us live from Singapore. Uh, James, I thought it'd be good to start with a look at how the coronavirus, COVID-19, after almost a year, has impacted India, and in particular, uh, what the government has put in place to halt the spread of the virus and shore up the economy. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, a fascinating roller coaster. Um, I mean, obviously, for everyone uh, everywhere, but India's been, I think, particularly dramatic um, when it comes to the pandemic. It's been one of the hardest hit countries um, globally. I think from a sort of cumulative case standpoint, it's um, second or third um, most cases uh, uh, in, in the world. Um, and India had been really hard hit um, last year. Uh, when uh, when the pandemic sort of uh, first hit um, with a, a very stringent uh, and abrupt lockdown um, amongst the strictest anywhere in the world. Uh, and it had a colossal impact both economically and socially uh, on the country. Um, and really that sort of continued whilst the lockdown was unsustainable and was lifted um, after a few weeks. Uh, the case numbers continued to rise right up until October um, and, and since then, we've seen a, a remarkable reversal um, with cases now way down versus where they were um, just a few months back, uh, which is fantastic. Um, I think everyone's uh, somewhat scratching their head as to what's happened and why there's been this you know, dramatic reversal um, with lots of talk around possible herd immunity. Um, and there are studies and surveys that sort of support this. Um, finding very high incidence of antibodies amongst those surveys, in particularly in the sort of more urban areas and populations. Um, so maybe that's the reason, but uh, the reality is that uh, case numbers are way down and uh, India is really racing back now as a result with economic activity, um, really recovering uh, as the, the, the sort of threat and risk and concern about the virus is uh, dissipating. And James, maybe you could speak to uh, President Modi and the stimulus packages that he and the policymakers in India have put in place to shore up the economy. And what have those effects been uh, 12 months into those uh, infusions? Yes, well, I mean, that's been an interesting journey as well. So for, for most of the period um, at which we've, we've been dealing with this pandemic, uh, India's been um, really quite conservative in its stimulus um, packages and, and measures versus uh, many other countries in the world. Um, and that was because they were trying uh, their best to sort of uh, retain some discipline in keeping to fiscal deficit targets. Um, and whilst those are stretched a bit, it did mean that in sort of percentage of GDP terms, if you think about stimulus in that way, um, India's uh, stimulus had been pretty underwhelming, um, which wasn't ideal. Um, up until 
um, just a few weeks ago now when uh, we had the annual budget announcement and uh, they have put forward an extremely expansionary budget um, to help support the economy and get it back on track um, and have really sort of let those fiscal deficit targets uh, uh, kind of go um, and, and we'll see it expand as, as much as sort of nine and a half percent, I think, um, it, by the end of the fiscal year 21, which ends in March. Um, but even by the end of fiscal year 22, uh, it'll still be at sort of just shy of seven percent. Um, so uh, there, there are obviously risks associated with that, and the bond market hasn't reacted terribly positively to it, but the equity market um, has taken it very positively, and I think it will be a real boost into the uh, arm of the uh, Indian economy. And James, if you could maybe turn your attention to sectors in the Indian economy um, and speak to those sectors that have been particularly resilient over the past year, and the ones that have been vulnerable, in your opinion? Yes, yeah, so in some ways, the, the sectors that have held up best should really come as no great surprise. Um, so healthcare, um, you know, India's got a large pharmaceutical sector, um, and that's uh, in, in, you know, not just been resilient. Some of, the, some of the companies within that sector have actually been beneficiaries of the pandemic. Um, helping to produce uh, treatments and, and so on for for the uh, for the pandemic. Uh, so healthcare has been resilient. We've seen, as as elsewhere in the world, we've seen um, the sort of tech sector generally um, be resilient. There's not an awful lot of internet companies listed in India. Most of them are still in the sort of private sector space. But but, but absolutely, the, the few that um, are listed have have, have been very resilient. Um, there's a large IT services sector um, that has, uh, has has been much more, you know, very resilient and arguably a COVID beneficiary as well with the shift to working from home and the need for sort of greater digitalization and cloud uh, solutions. So we've seen seen those uh, perform perform strongly too. And James, as you're speaking to management and companies uh, that are domiciled in India. What is the mood among those companies in management? There's been a, a sea change um, in, in, the, in the sort of corporate sentiment and mood. Um, as you would imagine, you know, not that far back in, in last year, there was a huge amount of caution um, and concern. Uh, companies, for the most part, were very focused on um, you know, cutting costs and kind of streamlining operations. Um, bracing themselves for for the worst, um, and and you know little thought and, and very little visibility on terms of sort of growth and when that might come back. Um, and now I think with with the COVID numbers having you know peaked and and, and come off very sharply, um, obviously the news of the vaccine announcements um, and economic activity coming back, um, there's been a, a remarkable. Um, shift in sentiment uh, with companies now having seen a couple of quarters of, of strong growth uh, and they see that as sort of sustainable growth now um, and are once again talking about um, you know growth and expansion um, and, uh, and, it, and it's just a, been a remarkable turnaround for the, for the better. James I want to switch gears just for a moment and talk about the closed end fund structure the vehicle that the India Fund uh, is encased. Um, 
how does the closed-end fund structure itself help you to effectively manage a portfolio like Indian equities? Well, I think it, it's hugely advantageous. Um, you know, if you think back to last year um, and the, the sort of level of volatility that we saw in markets and, and obviously in the Indian market itself, I mean, in the first quarter, we saw a, the Indian market sell off 30% um, to, a, to a sort of March low or more than 30%. And, and since then, it's, you know, if we fast forward to today, it's up almost 100% from that low. So it's been, you know, it has been a real roller coaster. Um, and typically in, in market conditions like that, you, you see significant flows uh, in and out. Um, and uh, having a closed end structure means that you're not sort of um, trying to manage around those flows um, and you can sort of hold your course and just focus on, on the companies and the stocks. Um, and, and, and I think that's a, a great advantage. Um, and then, of course, the other advantage is just being able to uh, you know, worry less about liquidity um, and to be able to sort of go across the spectrum of, of market caps uh, in, in, in the Indian market and tap into some of the really interesting sort of smaller and mid-cap uh, companies uh, in, uh, in the market, um, which, uh, you know, which will hopefully be sort of future, future large companies and, and see very strong and healthy growth over the longer term. James, the fourth quarter of 2020 uh, was particularly good for the India Fund. You had uh, very good outperformance versus your benchmark. Have you reshaped the portfolio at all in light of all these changing environments as of late? So the, the, the performance um, was was very good uh, in that final uh, closing quarter of the year. Um, the market overall performed very strongly, so in absolute terms, um, we saw very strong um, performance for the portfolio, um, but we also outperformed the market. Uh, I think a little bit of that was a, a function of us turning, a, having been quite conservative um, in the earlier part of the year through the pandemic. We um, sort of retreated into the more sort of defensive sectors um, and, and really sort of super high quality companies, uh, which, which we focus on anyway, but there was a sort of consolidation in that. And as we've seen the, uh, you know, the, the pandemic peak um, so far uh, and economic activity recover uh, quite meaningfully, that's given us the, the, the sort of conviction to start cycling back into uh, some of the less defensive sectors, some of the, the beneficiaries of a sort of rebound in the economy. So we, we have been adding to you know, our bank uh, holdings, um, property holdings, um, cement and, and so on and, and all of these have rebounded very strongly uh, with a sort of cyclical rotation that we've seen in the market so that that certainly contributed um, and the other big driver that, that helped us um, outperform the market was uh, not holding the uh, sort of bellwether stock in the index which is Reliance Industries which uh, uh, had a softer quarter uh, in that final uh, part of the year and finally James what would you say to clients or prospects today to give them comfort that they should invest in Indian equities, and in particular, the India Fund? I, I still find India a hugely compelling um, investment uh, destination and opportunity. Um, it's, uh, like much of the rest of the world, obviously been through a, a very challenging period, but it really feels, um, you know, and, and whilst certainly risks remain on the uh, pandemic front, and, and obviously all countries will remain exposed to 
um, new variants and, and further waves. Um, but I think it feels like India is really uh, on the cusp of a very meaningful cyclical uh, rebound. Um, and, and again, sort of talking to the companies, um, many of them are now sort of uh, talking about getting back to kind of decade high sort of profitability levels, um, talking about investing in future growth and seeing, you know, a, 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 as I say, a very meaningful cyclical recovery in, in, in you know, sectors like real estate, uh, in banking, um, the internet sector, which is still very nascent in, uh, in India. So that I think the sort of growth opportunities um, look more exciting today than they have in, in, in quite a long time. Um, and, and relative to the rest of Asia, um, where, of course, there's a lot of growth as well, um, we continue to think that India has some of the most attractive and highest quality companies anywhere in the region. Thank you, James, for those insights today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. You can find out more about the fund at www.aberdeenifn.com. I'm Dan Buchanan with Aberdeen Standard Investments. Do look out for future episodes.